Welcome to Pediagogy. I'm Tammy. And I'm Lydia. And we're pediatric residents at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento. This podcast reviews common conditions in children to enhance our knowledge and the knowledge of other residents, medical students, and any other interested learners. With that, let's delve right into the case. A four-year-old boy, previously healthy, comes in with right lower quadrant abdominal pain starting today, and ultrasound in the emergency department is concerning for appendicitis. He's been eating and drinking a little less today, but reportedly he's peeing his normal amount. The pediatric surgeons decide to take him for an appendectomy. He's afebrile with normal vitals, including his heart rate. So you make him MPO, and now you need to choose the appropriate IV fluids. So Tammy, we're going to talk today about one of my favorite topics. Really? Fluids? Yeah, because it's something that's so important in the inpatient setting. How to manage IV fluids for our sick hospitalized patients is something that we take for granted because I think we just do it for everybody, but it's actually really important to try to be conscientious about its use. So what do we usually do for maintenance fluids in pediatrics? Tammy, do you remember the 421 rule? Yeah, of course. That's bread and butter for pediatrics. So four mils per cake per hour for the first 10 kilograms, two mils per cake per hour for the next 10 kilograms, and then one mil per cake per hour for every kilo after that, meaning above 20 kilograms. Yep, that's right. So in terms of the type of fluids, the AAP recommends isotonic solutions, as studies have shown that it significantly decreases the risk of developing hyponatremia. At our hospital, we generally use D5 normal saline, or D5NS, which is different from adults, where they usually use normal saline, or lactated ringers, or LR, for isotonic fluids. As we'll discuss later, we also use D5 half-NS for some kids. I have seen some institutions that used to have a saline component of a quarter normal saline for very young babies as well, or half normal saline for everyone. But what's the reason for doing that? So where I trained previously, we were told that this was due to concerns about overloading young kidneys with too much sodium, since normal saline has 154 milliequivalents of sodium and chloride, whereas our physiological plasma sodium level is about 135 to 145. Other concerns I've heard is the risk of developing hypernatremia, fluid overload, hypertension, and metabolic acidosis, which has been reported to happen in chronic isotonic maintenance fluids in adults. But is there really any data to support that with children? Yeah, and that's a really interesting question. So it turns out that the rationale for fluids in children is based on historical data from the 1950s. They calculated the average caloric and fluid requirements of healthy children to determine the amount of fluids to give. In terms of determining electrolyte concentration, this is based on the composition of human milk, which is hypotonic. Now, Tammy, what are some issues you see with using this data to justify our fluid use in pediatrics? Hmm. Well, first is that the data is based on healthy children, which is not the population that we're going to be dealing with in the hospital setting. Also, not all kids need to be drinking similar electrolytes as breast milk, especially if they're a little bit older. That's correct. So basal metabolic rate is going to be higher in illness. Electrolytes and fluid shifts also occur in acute illness, which does not happen in the well child. There's a higher risk of developing hyponatremia and SIDH, or Syndrome of Inappropriate Antidiuretic Hormone, in a hospitalized setting. So this begs the question of whether hypotonic fluids make sense in the sick setting for children. Internal medicine physicians rarely use hypotonic fluids for hydration, and in Europe they're slowly moving towards transitioning to isotonic fluids in pediatrics. So let's look at some newer data. The AAP recently did a meta-analysis of 17 randomized controlled trials published from 2013 to 2016 for a total of 2,455 patients. 
Studies included patients from 28 days to 18 years of age. They also included post-op surgical patients and PICU patients in about half of the studies, with one of them including SICU. Comparison was normal saline versus hypotonic fluids, with a majority of the studies comparing half normal saline, but a small portion, about a third of them, compared it to plasmalite or lactated ringers. Excluded from the studies were neonates less than 28 days, NICU babies, and patients with neurological disorders, heart, liver, or kidney disease, cancer, nephrogenic diabetes insipidus, or severe burns or diarrhea. In other words, they didn't analyze patients at very, very high risk of developing hyponatremia, including young premature babies, chronic illness, and dehydration. So essentially, the patients studied were patients that were sick, but not too sick or chronically sick, somewhere in the middle. So what did they find? Well, across the board, all the studies showed that isotonic fluids decreased the risk for hyponatremia. The incidence of hyponatremia in patients on isotonic fluids ranged from 0 to 23%, but in hypotonic patients, it was much higher, anywhere from 5 to 100%. The number needed to treat was 7.5. This was true across all age groups. So now this sounds kind of obvious. Use normal saline to prevent hyponatremia. But it's important because their analysis also showed that there was no increased risk of acute kidney injury, hypertension, or acidosis with isotonic fluids. The incidence of hypernatremia was too low to do risk analysis, and not enough studies assessed fluid overload. So remember that these were the historical concerns with using isotonic fluids in children. It seems like there's benefit to using isotonic fluids like normal saline in children, and in fact, there doesn't seem to be any increased risk in using them based on the evidence that we have. Yeah, for sure. So it's important because this is one of the few things where we have strong pediatric data to support this recommendation, as opposed to relying on adult data. But before we celebrate, there are a couple of things to consider with this recommendation. The patients excluded are likely at the highest risk of developing hyponatremia and SIADH. In this case, the AAP states that isotonic fluids are likely to be better, but they can't make a formal recommendation because these patients were not studied. They're being cautious in this case, but we can probably infer based on what we do for hyponatremia and SIADH management. In those situations, we commonly use isotonic or sometimes even hypertonic fluids, and we fluid restrict based on the adult data that we have. The other caveat with the recommendations is babies born prematurely. So premature babies and babies under 28 days of old. Premature babies and babies under 28 days of age were not assessed in these studies. So the AAP guidelines don't make a formal recommendation on fluid management for these patients. Yeah, fluid management in the NICU could be a whole other episode. But just to summarize, we generally do hypotonic fluids at our institution for babies like half-normal saline. In brief, this is because of their immature kidneys and the concern for sodium overload. Studies are needed to assess the role of isotonic fluids in this population. The guidelines also don't formally assess the amount of potassium or the volume or the rate of fluids to give in maintenance fluids. But most people like to follow the 421 rule for the rate and add 20 milliequivalents of potassium. There aren't any formal guidelines regarding this aspect of fluid management here, though. Another exception to using isotonic fluids would be conditions where you have a free water deficit, such as nephrogenic diabetes insipidus or severe dehydration. In those cases, it might be worth considering hypotonic fluids until further studies are done to compare the benefit of normal saline over hypotonic. So what do we do for fluid management at UC Davis? Well, on the wards, if a patient does not have risk factors for increased ADH secretion, they should be started on D5 half-normal saline with 20 mil equivalents per liter of KCL at maintenance rate. 
However, we don't actually usually do this because the risk factors for increased ADH secretion are pain, nausea or vomiting, recent surgery, acute CNS disorder, or acute pulmonary disease, which accounts for most of our hospitalized kids on fluids. So instead, if a patient has these risk factors, they should be put on D5 normal saline with 20 milliequivalents of KCL if they're 10 kilos or greater, which is most of our kids, including the critically ill ones in the PICU. So what do we do if they're less than 10 kilograms? Well, for the patients less than 10 kilos, they can also be put on D5 normal saline with 20 KCL at full maintenance, or they can be put on D5 half normal saline with 20 KCL at two-thirds maintenance. The reasoning for this, again, is to avoid salt overloading young kidneys. But based on the studies we've gone over, there is more risk to benefit with using hypotonic fluids, and we may be moving towards isotonic fluids for all of our patients in the future, meaning more normal saline. Interestingly, there's also a new push both in adult medicine and in pediatrics to transition over to lactated ringers over normal saline. This is because while normal saline is generally thought to be isotonic, it's actually slightly hypertonic. Yeah, there's data from critically ill adult patients that lactated ringers, or LR, is associated with better survival and less renal morbidity, which is partly due to the decreased amount of chloride in LR compared to NS, and therefore less risk for developing hyperchloremic metabolic acidosis. There's no subset analysis done in the current guidelines to compare NS versus LR, because most of the trials used NS. But at UC Davis, our hospital is engaged in following up this trial in children. Great. So really, the evidence strongly suggests that we should be doing more isotonic IV fluids for our pediatric patients, except in certain situations such as SIADH, premature babies, or severe dehydration. That's all for this episode. You can find additional information in the podcast description and our social media resources. Please rate and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter at PediagogyPod. That's P-E-D-I-A-G-O-G-Y-P-O-D. Special thanks to Orlando Mogania for podcasting production support and Dr. Su Ting Lee and Dr. Lena Vanderlist for supervision. We are supported by funding from the UC Davis Medical Center Department of Pediatrics and the Western Association of Pediatric Program Directors. 